Hello, everyone, and welcome to the House of Apis podcast. I'm Mila. And I'm Katie. And we are really happy to have you join us for today's episode, which we think will be a fun and an interesting one about lessons learned. But before we get started with today's conversation, I want to introduce our two guests. These women are two of my dearest friends, and I'm super excited to have them join us on the podcast. I swear I didn't force them to come on. Um, first of our guests is Amy DeLaurier, who I met over 25 years ago during our young single mischievous days. I was going to yes. say hot days. And last year did a road trip uh, with me across the U.S. together. In fact, as we're recording, this is actually a, a, exactly a year uh, yep. since we did that. And our <laughs> second guest is Sonia Davidson, who I've known for almost as long, a little over 20 years. And we have literally traveled the world together on some really wonderful trips of a lifetime, mm -hmm. which is how we always try to convince each other to go on these trips. <laughs> we've hiked the Inca Trail. We've soaked in really smelly sulfur pits in New Zealand. We cycled Vietnam and there's a ton more we've done. And i um, super excited to have you here. Welcome to both of you. Why don't you just take a moment to say hello and do a quick introduction to, uh, to our audience, share a little bit about yourself. Maybe, Amy, you want to kick us off? Hey, everyone. Um, I'm Amy DeLaurier. As Katie mentioned, we've known each other for a very long time. From a professional standpoint, I've been a leader for about 28 plus years, but my heart and soul belongs to the things I do outside of the office. I love traveling. As Katie mentioned, we went on an awesome road trip last year. I love being creative, baking. I love baking, but mostly just my sugar cookies every Christmas. They seem to be a big hit and the list is getting longer every year. So They're beautiful. <laughs> They're gorgeous. I have to take extra time off. Just to make <laughs> and most of all, um, I'm an advocate for animal rescue. Katie knows this very well. Anybody who follows me on Facebook, most of my pictures on my phone are of the kittens that I foster from my local shelter. And pretty much like right now I have a kitten living in my house along with my dog and my cat, but I always have a kitten or multiple kittens <laughs> in my house at any given time. And sometimes um, so a mom. Animal advocate. Huh? And sometimes a mom. Sometimes the mom too. Yes, absolutely. So yes, my house is open to all of the animals that need rescue, including dogs. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, nice. I'll take them all in. <laughs> but according to my husband, they have to be temporary. <laughs> so I'm really happy to be here. It's great to, to be with you guys. Haven't um, talked to you in a while. So thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. Sonia, how about you? All right. Hi, everyone. I am Sonia Davidson. I'm originally from Orlando, Florida. I'm a first generation Latina American and an only child raised by a single mom. So some uniqueness in there. Professionally, I have a degree in finance from Auburn University and a master's uh, from University of Central Florida. You know, I had to hold myself off from saying purple eagle. No, war eagle, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we have a big game today too. I am a director in finance at Disney's Consumer Products and right now live in California with my husband, Dan. I, as Amy and Katie both mentioned, I do enjoy traveling. I enjoy the outdoors. We're going to go on a bike ride after we're done with this podcast. And of course, always enjoy great food and drink as well. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, nice. we're so glad you volunteered. <laughs> yeah, I think it is great for you to join us. And for me, I only have known Katie for, uh, I think, four years now. 
So I guess you guys have a lot of secrets. So maybe you <laughs> the tea later <laughs> afterwards. Uh, uh, anyway. You get what you see with me. <laughs> yeah. So I think this is going to be a really uh, fun conversation, potentially deep as well. So who knows? So why don't we just jump in? Let's start with some questions that we posted to the community last month on social media. And we asked them to fill in the blank. So we put a post on uh, social media, which said, I wish I knew blank when I was younger. So that's where we'll start today's conversation. But before we go to what people in the community answer, why don't we each share some of the things that came to mind for us when we thought about that? I'll, I'll jump in there because I already answered online. <laughs> I am currently in the process of applying for dual citizenship with Italy. And my grandparents were both fluent in Italian, spoke Italian in the house. I picked up a couple of phrases. Some of them I could tell when they were frustrated with each other because of the terms and others were like terms of endearment to myself or my brother, or my father and mother, but I never learned Italian. And I wish I knew back then that I was going to apply for Italian citizenship and I should have learned the language back then. It would have been far easier, I think, if I had uh, learned that back then. So I think about that as one of the things of I wish I, I knew that I should actually and that I was going to travel so much that picking up other languages might have been better to do as a passion, not so much because I just needed to get through the classes to graduate. So right. that is on I, my list as well. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> we can share There's still time. Share. There's still yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, it's just harder. It's just yeah. harder. It, is. it is harder. Absolutely. Yeah, it's harder. Yeah. yeah, that was on my list too, because my mom, is from Argentina and she speaks fluent Spanish, obviously. She came to America and didn't speak a lot of English. So while I was growing up, she was really learning English. So I didn't get a chance to learn from her when I was really young. But as I got older and she wanted to teach me, I just decided I didn't want to learn. So uh, I'm oh. really regretting that nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Especially when you had, you had built in, both you and I, we had built in teachers. Yep. <laughs> we <didn't> take advantage <laughs> of them. Take advantage of that. There was a summer I spent um, working for Disney Cruise Line in Spain, Sonia. And so we were in Barcelona and I was very excited. I had taken Spanish in school, but I never really used it for the same thing as everybody else. But I was so excited to go because I was like, all right, it's going to be emergent. We're going to, I'm going to have to speak Spanish when I'm here. And when I got there, all the, the teams that we were working with, we had all these different vendors that I was working with at the airport that were supporting our operation. And they only wanted to speak English <laughs> because they wanted to practice their English. No, you have to speak Spanish to me. They're like, no, we want to practice our English. <laughs> and so this is not, I'm in Spain and I'm still speaking English. <laughs> I can tell you that sometimes I can tell you that sometimes it gets really tricky in my head with all the languages. I think that's a great that's a great uh, thing. To, to, to learn another language. I think, Mila, you should share yours in Dutch or mm. in Spanish. Or oh. something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only kidding. A ver, puedo compartir en español. Yo creo que es mejor en español. But no, I think that we haven't, we haven't gained a sufficient audience in one language. Let's go to uh, the other language later on. <laughs> 
for sure, for sure. That's the goal. <laughs> what else, ladies? What else was, was on your list? I'm thinking about it. It's funny because I was thinking in a little bit in the same terms, right? I, I've seen some of the posts from some folks. I've, I've read some things um, online about what people wish they knew when they were younger. There's been some common threads that I completely agree with. But one of the things, actually, it's more I wish I believed my parents more about <laughs> what they told me. And of <laughs> I was too. All of those things, right? Like all of those things that we always said to them, you don't have any idea what it's like to be me. You have no idea what I'm going through. But they would give us terrible advice. This is not going to matter when you're older. <laughs> you shouldn't worry about this. <laughs> and we did, right? And we tortured ourselves. Um, I really wish I believed them. <laughs> they were really much smarter than I gave them credit for. Um, and they do throw that in my face every once in a while. <laughs> like, I think I might have told you that when you were young. <laughs> yes. so that whole we become our parents, I, I believe it. And I, I wish I had listened to them a little bit more. They had some sage advice that I rejected because they were my parents. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that probably yes. could have helped me a great deal. <laughs> and we wouldn't have to have this conversation <laughs> in the olden days, in the olden yeah, days. Olden days. Oh, they yes. didn't know anything. I have that same on my list. That's so funny. But I, I think now that I feel like I've learned this, I will listen to my mom as she starts getting older and talks about what she's going through after retirement and yeah. how she continues to be motivated and things like that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to start to listen to her a little more and try and take some of this advice because I've learned that yeah. she can be right. And I should have listened to her when I was younger. <laughs> Younger's all relative. So, right. We learned the lesson. Uh, it's not too late from that perspective. I wish I would have heard or have asked more questions to my grandparents about their life growing up, because I think that obviously when I was little, it was more like them giving love to me and then me needing them and needing the care. But there was not too much of a conversation about how life was for them. And I lost my grandmother from my father's side early. I never uh, knew too many things about her or I never had those deep conversations with her because I was 14 and then maybe Amy's like you with your uh, parents. And, and then you were in your own thing, right? I was 14, yeah. 15 when she died. And, but I think it was now looking back is I wish I would have had more conversations and getting to know them better in a different level as I discover and and. Katie and I were talking about this because I, as I discovered a little bit more about my grandmother, I realized that she was a feminist, even though she didn't, she wouldn't have ever said it, uh, <laughs> but she was, she was a radio actress. She had her own radio station. She was in Congress. She was divorced twice when never, like in that era in Venezuela, it was like very rare. So she was very much a, a, a forward thinking woman. And I wish I would have had the opportunity to get to know her more. To my other grandmother, I had more opportunities to get to know her. But yeah, that is something that I think I wish I, I knew my grandparents better. Yeah, yeah I, as I'm doing all the research for this citizenship application, I'm like, Dad, did you know that your grandfather did blah, blah, blah? <laughs> oh, yeah, we didn't talk about it that much. Or did you know? Oh, yeah. And so same thing. I feel like I should have had these conversations or learned these stories. But the thing, so my mom and I were talking, I don't know, it was like last week or the week before. 
I was talking about my other consulting business and figuring out rates and standing firm on your rates because that's how much your work is worth, regardless of whether they're using you for administrative work or for something that's actually speaking more to your skills. And there was my mom said something about, uh, yes, you should always make sure that you're getting what you're worth and negotiating your pay and stuff like that. Because And then I was reflecting back on earlier in my career when I was just taking an end. Sadia and Amy will relate because all three of us were getting paid in a way by the same company. Wow, we were really paid pretty hard. Yeah. Um, you get what you get, right? You don't yeah, know to ex- ask. Exactly. You don't know to negotiate. Yeah. Well, my mom makes this comment and I go, why was that never a lesson you taught me as a child or in my teenage years or before I'm heading ever? And she looked, she just looks at me. She goes, oh yeah, that probably would have been helpful. (laughs) I wish I had known. I figured it out in my twenties. It took a while to build up your confidence to be Mm -hmm. that advocate for yourself, but still, Mm -hmm. so why the, you waited till I was 50 to give me that lesson? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, what else is on your list, ladies? I love that you have a list. Um, Yeah. So I have one that is really close to me. I think it's really understanding. I think I wish I had known more about healthy body image because Mm -hmm. when I was younger, I was always, I was very overweight. I had a lot of kids that made fun of me and it was tough growing up. And I didn't understand that point that it doesn't matter what people think of your body. It only matters what you think of yourself and it doesn't define you. So I wish I had known that when I was younger, it was you know, a little tough to grow out of that and to mm-hmm. build my self-esteem and build my self-esteem back up from that point. But that is one that I wish I learned when I was in here. And by the way, my mom probably told me that, but of course, mm-hmm. because of the previous <laughs> thing we just talked about, I didn't listen. <laughs> it was the most important thing that I cared what other people thought, right? Of how I looked. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're actually going to do a podcast on that at some point in the future. Okay. It's on the short list. And, and, People that have been listening to us have heard Mila and I talk about the whole layering on social media and Instagram and all of that on top of what your self body image is and whether it's a healthy perspective on it or whether it's very driven by what you're seeing, that all of that just amplifies it. I say so many times, I'm so glad social media did not exist when I was Mm -hmm. a teenager going through Uh high school. Yeah, Yeah, it's tough. I agree. I think that was on my list as well, Sonia. I was not an overweight child, but I think it's more about anytime you're different, right? Those things get targeted by other children and what have you. So it doesn't matter. It didn't matter when we were kids, whether we were overweight, whether we were short, whether we were tall, whether we were skinny, whether you had, I always got teased because of the color of my hair. I was the only redhead in my school. (laughs) (laughs) And I grew up with the last name Melon. So come on. (laughs) I was teased all the time. It's called terrible names. But I wish I knew. And again, I go back to the believing that you're not the only kid going through that either. There's always, right? When I hear my friends' kids and everything, what they get picked on, they pick on everybody. It doesn't matter. You can be the most perfect person in the world, but somebody will find a weakness and they will prey on that Mm -hmm. and they will try and make you feel horrible for it. I do. I wish I was stronger back then. I wish I knew that it wouldn't have mattered. Growing up, the people that you were with when you were a child, most of them you will never see again, right? (laughs) And they will never be part of your life. The ones that really stick by you, I can think of only just a couple from my childhood that were always those friends and will always be those friends. And they never treated me that way. So- you're absolutely right, Sonia. Those I wish I could just tell myself, doesn't matter. 
<laughs> yeah. matter. Those people don't matter. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to learn to, they're going to go through their own angst. They're being picked on by somebody else and they're now picking on you, right? Everybody's got all that angst, but you feel really alone when you're a kid going through something like that. It's yeah. a really awful circle of life. <laughs> yeah, it is. it's terrible. And you're right. The social media terrifies me with kids. Yeah. yeah. You know? In the same line is like we, or at least me, when I was a kid, we put value on what others say more than on what you think, or even what you were saying, Amy, as well, with your parents, you put more value on what strangers say or think about yeah. you than what the people that love you. How many times I have said, we have expression that is the los ojos del cariño, like the eyes of love. So you are looking at me with love and that's why you say that I'm great. Or you are my mother. That's why you have to tell me that I'm great. But like, you're not objective. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And then yeah. why do you disregard that? Uh, because there is a value for so, from someone that actually knows you, but then you are putting value on somebody that is, you know, not close to you or is external or that has actually different value that you do. Um, we, give, we give them so much power, right? Yeah. Because it ends up being a really powerful um, Yeah point in our lives that we allow somebody to have so much power over us. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, we don't pause. We don't pause. I think about Mila, the, it doesn't all suck that you shared in the last episode about the woman that was delivering jars of compliments during the yeah. um, pandemic. And yeah. I think about as kid, I was never taught that, Hey, it's always nice to tell your friends and the people mm -hmm. you care about why you care about them and what you appreciate mm -hmm. about them. I, that's never a muscle that we're built. And so I think about that because we don't trust, we don't trust the intention of the people who love us most because we think that they have to do it. We don't hear it <laughs> enough from other people that for some right. reason we care about hearing it from. And then we're driven by all the images and everything that are are sent to us to be able to to do something about that. I it, it's just fascinating to me. <laughs> we're just we're it's I always say we're human beings and we're messy. We like there's no yeah. logic to us. I know there's yeah. people that study us and say there's logic. <laughs> there's no logic to us. <laughs> But I think there are I other think, planets that study us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not go there. <laughs> I think the good thing about it is, though, if you look at just us, we're we've proven that we're resilient because of it. Like we've grown yeah. out of that. We've even though any of us were made fun of in any way, somehow we made it bounce off, even though we don't yeah. maybe we don't think we did. But uh, maybe we internalized it more. But we've proven that we can be resilient outside of that and move yeah. on and we've survived. better people. Yeah, uh, I think that's really probably the important lesson from that one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I think about so none of us, out of the four of us on this call, none of us are parents. <laughs> but we're, True. There's a, a lot of aunt and uncleness going, or well, not uncle. <laughs> there's a lot of aunts on this call. But but what it makes me think about in an earlier podcast, Mila, you and I had shared about it was the imposter syndrome podcast where we talked about mom poster syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. And you think about what we were just describing about in high school and stuff, it still goes on, mm -hmm. not just for moms, right? Like there's stuff that happens in the workplace or in organizations. But I think mm -hmm. about the judging that goes on that I just either see in articles or in posts or in next door or just hearing friends talk about that. I'm like, holy crow, man, you don't get to get rid of it once you get, you become an adult. <laughs> no, that's it. 
It's so funny. Uh, yeah, and you, even though we feel we've actually. learned it, yeah, and even though we feel we've learned it, it still will come back. Everyone, yeah. someone yeah. will say something or think something, and you're like, "Is that what they think of me?" And you're, right. you know, you you freak <laughs> out because of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah but it's always yeah. a shaky place. Still right? there, confidence yeah. and <laughs> self worth and <laughs> happy. There's there's always always moments where you feel you somebody has has broken through again. Yeah, you have to kind of you have to regroup and shake it off. I think we're more aware when it's happening to us where when we were kids, I didn't feel like I really understood enough about all of those types of um, behaviors and feelings, you didn't know how to reconcile them. So you were all over the place. And it mostly was just hurtful. But now it's just you can get angry. (laughs) You can can shake it off, but you you recognize it much more quickly when it's happening. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely true. If, if I keep thinking about this question and uh, what I wish I knew, I wish I knew that I was going to, um, let's say, care and depend so much of, on my brothers. Like when I was a kid, uh, we fought a lot, a lot. It was all the time, you're annoying, you're annoying. We fought a lot. And now we are so close. So I wish I knew maybe that that it was going to be all right or that this Kids are the ones that are going to be with me always. So I think that for me is something that I also reflect a little bit. And then I think, oh, well, it's, it's great. You know, I actually to, to see how it turned out. say the opposite, because as you're saying that, I actually get really sad because my brother yeah. and I fought all the time. I wish I knew I only had 24 years with him. Yeah, yeah that, yeah, that I, I wouldn't have had him all mm-hmm. that time. It's funny that you say that, Katie, because I actually was thinking about that this morning. Um, trying to just go through my head what I'd really want to know. And one of the things that kind of came into my brain was I wouldn't want to know how my life rolled out. Like I don't, I wouldn't want to know if this was going to happen, if this was going to happen. But now that you say that, I almost, to your point, it's not that you'd want to know that was going to happen, but you'd want to know to just inherently know to make every moment precious. Yeah. Yeah, and fun yeah. and enjoy and not sweat the small stuff, if you will. So that um, because you don't know what's going to happen the next day. So basically, I wish I just knew in life that not every day was going to be about all of this. And it was going to be okay. And mm-hmm. just to take every day and just enjoy it and see the good in it, because you never know what's going to happen. But we're, mm-hmm. we're going to live forever when we're children. So <laughs> <laughs> I think we just feel completely unaware of those kinds of big thoughts. So I don't even know if it would be helpful to tell my younger self those things <laughs> because I probably wouldn't listen. I wouldn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't believe me. Levy, uh, I'm loving these stories and we're going to have more time to keep commenting on these types of things. But first, it is time for this episode's compelling question of the week. Each week, we throw out a question for us to discuss on the episode. Some are more compelling than others, but this one's compelling, I feel. And then we share it with the community on social media. And now we also share it at The Hive. If you've not had a chance to check out our new online community for the House of Apis, you can sign up for that at our newly updated website, www.houseofapis.com. Okay. This week's compelling question is going to be a mind vendor because <laughs> I've put you in the zone of discussing what we wish we knew when we were younger. Now I want you to consider as an adult, what do you wish you had never learned? 
<laughs> so while you're thinking, while you're thinking, I will get us started. I actually have two things that popped into my head. I was walking the dogs when I came up with this question. I tested them out on my husband. But anyways, um, I have two things I wish I had never seen or learned. Um, and, and for parents with small kids, you might want to have them cover their ears for one of them because it's a spoiler alert. So now that you're intrigued and everything. So I wish I had never watched Jaws. <laughs> because it's an amazing <laughs> horror film and all you uh, and these three ladies know that I love horror films but I used to love being in the ocean you couldn't get me <laughs> out and ever since that I am deeply anxious being in the water and it sucks oh. and as mm-hmm. Sonia knows from our trip to Hawaii I'm like all right I've been here long enough I've tempted fate long enough and have survived it <laughs> but get me out I wish I'd never watched that darn movie yeah. And I, always I agree that ruined my childhood <laughs> and I always think I need to be on a bigger boat anyways so that's one of them and then here's the spoiler one so earmuffs for children I wish I had never learned the truth about Santa Claus and the Easter bunny and the tooth fairy or whatever magical things are part of your culture it would be nice to keep a little bit of that magic alive through the rest of your life like this even though it did freak me out what is this truth you speak of (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i'm sorry nothing nothing there's no truth but that's what i wish i could unlearn or unwatch those things okay who wants to go to like I have one. I have two actually as well. I wish I never knew chocolate or desserts in general tasted so darn good. (laughs) (laughs) Might tie back to my body image issue, but if I'd never known that, I would have never eaten it. I would have never tried it. I wish it tasted like asparagus or spinach yeah. or something like that, which now I love anyways. Which too, now but. you love those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. yeah. 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 Brussels sprouts. I What's love you? them now. I hate them as a child. I love Brussels sprouts, yeah. What's your second one, Sonia? My second one is, may want to cover kids' ears as well. I wish I had never walked in on my mom with her boyfriend. <laughs> oh, yes. So once when I was little, I went going into my mom's room for whatever reason. I opened the door and I was pretty young, but I still remember it. Oh, <laughs> and my yeah, God. it totally freaked me out. I'm like, what yeah. is that? What's going on? <laughs> Get off <laughs> <her."> <laughs> Oh my gosh. That is hilarious. Although it does remind uh, when I heard the term blowjob at school and I came back and I asked my mom and she's so quick and I'm like, do you do that with dad? And I was like, don't answer, don't answer. Oh my god, you asked that question. Oh my gosh. No, no, this is a taboo topic. Very much so. Another episode. Yeah. It is. It is with your sister-in-law, Amy. Yes, I can't wait. I can't wait. All right. Amy Mila, what have you? Mine is a little different. I think it's from a career standpoint. I think about what I've done, you know, from a career perspective and what I had wanted to do. And I wish. I didn't know that a veterinarian had to euthanize animals. <laughs> I wanted to be a veterinarian. And then we had a, a dog that we had to put to sleep. She was very old and very sick. And right then and there, I was like, I could never be a veterinarian. <laughs> and now I think back, I'm like, I wish I had become a veterinarian or done something in the animal. But I was, my young brain couldn't handle that. Yeah. I didn't follow that path. So I wish I hadn't lived that because I probably yeah. would have gone into that field. But that little piece held me back. And I wish yeah. I didn't know 
I wish it was all about making them well and finding them homes and <laughs> that giving no them bad treats. side. And yeah. learn the downside when my brain was a little bit more mature. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I learned that too early. Like those little things imprint on you. Yeah. And I went back to maybe I'll be a cowgirl. <laughs> because <laughs> I can't be a veterinarian <laughs> and now I've lived life I've had those things happen in my life to my animals and I could do it I feel like I could have done it because what matters is they led a good life yes they did yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. all those things those yeah. logical things people say to me now how can you foster animals and give them away they're like my kids and the goal is for them to find their lives I can't take yeah. them all in so it's not sad it's um, yeah. emotional, but it's not sad. It's, I, you yeah. know, I couldn't have had used my childhood brain to figure that out. I had to wait till I was an adult to figure all that out. Uh, <laughs> see, now I, I would could... have been on a different path of career had I not had that thought. I was actually going to reach out to you because we just did our first foster and, and it was hard to let him go. And we're still yeah. like checking in. And that was like, yeah. uh, I had that on my list too, as something I wish I didn't know how easily the heart breaks because it was, we only had him for three weeks. We let him in. And now I just, I want to know where he is. I want to know that he's okay. And oh. I want to know that he has a good home and it's hard yep. to just let him go sometimes. It but, is hard. It is. But we know it's the right yeah. thing. Cause we don't really have the right space for a dog for a long right. term. Yeah. Mila. Okay. It's my yeah. turn. So I, I was thinking about these and I have two, but I think I'm just going to stick to the one. And I actually, I wish I never learned to smoke. Oh, that's a good one. No, because I, I quit many years ago. So a lot long before I, I met you, but I did smoke and it was a, a social thing in a way you had your group and I actually quit before it started being like, before you were a pariah because, because you were smoking, <laughs> but you know, but I'm, I'm sure that it didn't do me any good. So yeah, I, so I wish I never learned how to do it or I never got into it i got into yeah. it because i was immature and then people were doing it but yeah, that's and, a funny one because I, I smoked once and and I, for mm -hmm. some reason it didn't catch on but i do see how it could be appealing and i wanted to try it because all my friends were trying it too so yeah um mm -hmm. but. yeah and i started actually because i had a not a boyfriend but i was dating somebody and then we made a trip and then he was driving and then he would ask me to light them up for him yeah. yeah, that was your gateway. Yeah. Love, love sucks you in. <laughs> I I took one, one drag off a cigarette and threw up. So that wasn't an option for me. <laughs> so, so I don't know. Yeah, I knows? tried it too. I was, I'm the same as Sonia. I tried it because people had would bust out cigarettes when you're out and you had some drinks. So you're, you're yep. a little easier, uh, more compliant with those kinds of peer pressure things. But uh, yeah, it didn't stick. I don't know if it was, I grew up a practical kid too. So I could always do the math. Well, cigarettes are expensive. <laughs> this is an expensive habit to get into. <laughs> not only do I not like, I could probably grow into it. Cause I'm not sure that when anybody starts it, they love it. They it's gross, but then they just, they get hooked on it, but it's, it's a very expensive habit. And I was always very careful with my money. <laughs> I was so many. I never saw cigarettes as the, the right way to spend it. Other things, yes, <laughs> that were probably not as good, even good for me. <laughs> candy, like candy, right? Candy. Candy. Oh, gosh, candy. About, yeah. <laughs> I was the kid who went to the store 
bought candy and then sold it to the other kids <laughs> because I didn't mind riding my bike all the way to the store. So if I bought something for 25 cents, I'd sell it for 30 cents. Nice. <laughs> the, my, my very local kids, because they were too lazy. To go to that, that's good. That's a good one. Awesome. You got the exercise in the process. So, and, I got yeah. exercise, and I was making a little cash. <laughs> profit and got out of the house all those good things <laughs> all right thank you for going uh to to putting your brain in reverse to to think about this in a different direction but that's our compelling question of this episode and for those of you listening we look forward to hearing your responses on social media and at the hive yes please so let's get back to our conversation and focus on the things that we wish we had known where we were younger we posted this question out on social media, as we said before, and had a few comments come in from some of you uh, out there, and we thought we would share them with our guests and get your thoughts. So we had a comment from Boo and Jada that said, if I only knew how strong and resilient I am, and this woman I know, and she's super strong and super resilient. <laughs> what do you think about this? I laugh at this one because Katie a while back gave me a bracelet with those words on them. The one word bracelets, yeah. I forget what you call them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the yeah. one she gave me was strengths. And I, I actually read an article recently that said, that talked about how your perception to other people is different for every person because they each see you differently based on how they interact with you. And so I thought it was really interesting that she gave me strength because I hadn't really thought of myself in that way. So that I can totally relate to that, I think, from that perspective. I actually didn't know the word resilient on, I don't know, 10 years ago. Like I never knew that word because there's no word that I can think in Spanish, that means the same thing. So there is no one mm. word, like you would have to say a long sentence to mm. say the same. To describe so, it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So then I think that I, I only knew that a long time afterwards. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I think I can call myself resilient. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I think we can. can all call ourselves. We <laughs> yeah. have survived COVID. So far. So far. Yeah. So far. Well, I so think far. when we think of people who, at least for me, I can speak for myself. When you think of people who have really had some really terrible things happen in their lives and they've gotten through it. You, I think of them like they're resilient. Like I don't even compare myself to them. So I, I would logically I just say I am I don't know that I could ever get through what they got through, but obviously I think that's also an injustice to ourselves is that we could, we've gone through lots of crazy things that somebody else is also looking at us and saying, I can't believe she got through that. Yeah. But you don't know that you're not aware of that. Yeah. And this year it's been tough. We've gotten through a lot of different things and it's nice when you sit down, I sat down with some friends a while ago, um, some girlfriends, and we were just out doing some stuff, doing some shopping and everything. We we're having dinner. And once we got a couple of glasses of wine into it, it was just like, I was describing some stuff that I was going through. And they're like, what? We would never think you'd be going through something like that. You're so strong. Like we would never, ever think that you'd be going some, through something like that. I was like, really? You think I'm strong? <laughs> How can you, <laughs> I feel like I'm falling apart. And they're like, no, oh my God, we look to you all the time and think, wow, she's got it together. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to hear that back at you because you don't always think that about yourself. So yes, but public service announcement to our last podcast about yes. self-care <laughs> is not selfish is those people that you think are super strong and resilient still need to be checked on everyone. Yes, you're right. You're absolutely hundred <laughs> yeah. percent right. 
Yeah, it was good. It was a good conversation because we all kind of got stuff out and we we're all like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. glad I know that because I just, we make assumptions about people and they make assumptions about us. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad, but it's good to know what people are thinking and that, and what they're going through so that you can actually support them too. So by the way, yeah. I, I think that's I think what's so strong. awesome about female friendships though. I don't, I could be wrong, but I don't see my husband having a conversation like that with a group of his friends. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't, do you, Sonia, do you no. see Mark and Dan sitting no. Although we did, the four of us were traveling and we did those like 30 oh, questions right. to fall <laughs> in love to. Kind of thing. Yeah, 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 so we yeah, did yeah. it as friends, but that was more of we're traveling for two weeks and we let's have something to talk about when we're doing stuff over drinks. But, um, but no, I think that's a cool thing about women that they do those things. All right. So I'll throw another one out there. A sunshine and Brooke said, wear sunscreen. Oh my Amen, gosh. Amen, sister. Amen. I'm all and don't over wear that one. Baby oil. I didn't do I didn't do uh cooking oil, which I did have friends who did that. Oh. Well, your podcasters, I can't see how fair skinned I am. <laughs> I had a well, lot yeah. of Italian friends growing up and they would slather themselves with baby oil. No. So I'd be like, I'm right there with you. And then yeah. the third degree burns. Ugh. No, yeah. but that Horrible. was me. I have olive tone skin and I was constantly the baby oil or the whatever mm-hmm. coconut oil I would put on and then fell asleep in the sun one time and nobody woke me up. And ended up with really horrible burns. And mm. I have never tanned the same again. It's like it chemically changed me. And in that area, I've had to have skin removed and tested oh, yeah. and stuff like that. And so now I've got my big hat and I slather up, but, but the damage is done. So that's the bad thing. The damage is done when you're a kid and then you have to yeah. deal with it as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big piece. Cause I have really dark skin being Spanish mm-hmm. and I don't wear as much sunscreen as I probably should. I never really did. Cause I knew I could tan mm-hmm. and I wouldn't burn as much, but I do see the effects of it too. You get the, the sunspots and things like that. So certainly, and, and certainly I feel like the wrinkles on your face and some of that is definitely because of, of too much sun as well. I do wish I had wore more sunscreen when I was younger and I know I should still probably do it more today, but Definitely. It was on my list. I think the highest though they had when we were kids was probably 15 anyway, where in today's environment, they would say 15 does nothing. So even if we knew it, I don't feel like we would have had the tools other than wearing long sleeve shirts and and hats and just (laughs) not exposing ourselves to the sun as much as we did. But (laughs) we also didn't have as many of the tools, but we definitely should have sought it out (laughs) 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 as much as we did. Amplified it. (laughs) sunburn is so painful i still can't believe how much pain yeah. <laughs> but then there is another one let's see another uh, one we have k9 girl said wish i knew i was a smart i always assumed everyone else was smarter than me that is a typical one i would say yeah. i yeah. think for me this is really close to one that I had ties in with it, which is, I wish I knew to speak up. You aren't the only one that has the ideas or the thoughts that you have or the questions that you have. And you, there should be no fear in asking them among a larger group of people. Cause I think there's a lot of ideas that we probably had when we were younger that I probably had when I was younger and didn't necessarily share them. So who knows where that could have taken me a different, down a different Mm -hmm. path in life. So I think I'm just going to put a little spin on 
what the comment was, because I wish I knew there was different types of smart because mm-hmm. we get put through the school system and that varies based on where mm-hmm. you are in the world, but smart equals the grades you get in the classes you're required to take, so to speak. And I think about all the people that were brilliant from music and art and, or other things that weren't math and science. And that I spent Yeah, I remember grounding myself because I didn't get into advanced placement math. I got into advanced placement English, but I didn't get into math and I needed to be in there. I hate math. I was the most annoying person in an English class because I was like, why do you think Shakespeare thought that? You don't know Shakespeare. I think Shakespeare meant blah. And I was far more confident in those things. And then also navigating life and having leadership skills at a young age and stuff like that, that there's different forms of smart versus what society grades as smart. I think too, right. The, we were graded based on test scores and papers and what have you. And there's a whole slew of of kids out there who don't test well. Yeah. And they're actually, they're very intelligent, right? They're very smart, but they have fear. It's something else. It has nothing to do with their intelligence. And there really was, there's no outlet still to this day. I don't think there's really an outlet for kids who suffer from that because we still have these state tests and mandated tests and what have you. And and they put so much pressure on kids. So you're right. I think there's all different kinds of smart. There's there's people who are smart enough maybe to go through medical school, which is not something I could do because science was never, it was always an interest for me, but I was never really totally great at it, which is probably why I wouldn't have been a good veterinarian. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I think this point is, yeah, for me, this point is more related to how you compare yourself and why you are comparing yourself instead of thinking Mm -hmm. that you are valuable the way you are and you are, and that's totally okay. And you are the way you are. And that is the sad thing. I think as a kid that you think, okay, that somebody is better than me, that I'm not good enough. So for me, this comment is even, you know, more, more than just what it is here in terms of that smart is also the fact that you are not valuing yourself. Well, I think so, that's the thread through all of this, right? Yeah, is yeah, that yeah. The things we would tell ourselves when we were kids run that same gamut, which is we should have always been just proud of who we yeah. never should have been about anybody else. We shouldn't have never even spent a single second comparing ourselves to another individual. Yeah, well, right? and that's related to what the, the next comment we were going to share was by uh, Red Words JD said, if only I knew that the only person I needed approval from was myself and not others. You're right. only really competing with yourself, right? Yeah. Runners say that all the time. Athletes say that all the time. Compete. I'm trying to beat my last score. I'm trying to beat myself every time. It's not about everybody around me. It's about me. I'm trying to always better myself. But yeah, we always competed with other people. <laughs> the bad thing is that was, I'm a pretty harsh critic to myself. So even putting that into context that the only person I needed approval from was myself, I'm pretty much a bully to myself. So that's a whole other thing I need to deal with. But I am, I am the, too hard on yourself, Katie. The harshest critic of myself. I don't, I, I often reflect back to try and unravel where I got that from. And I'm still not sure, but yeah, I knew I needed approval for myself. I just was never good enough for myself. It's so sad. We need to, I'll have yeah. to go unwind after this episode because of this. <laughs> <laughs> go for a run or go for a drill. Yeah. Oh yes. My twirling. 
Yes. <laughs> okay, then another comment was from Carolyn. She shared, I wish I had known that success is never what it looks like from the outside. Aiming for something external only ever worked against my intuition. Yeah, yeah. Chasing for something. I think about Amy, you'll know who I'm talking about, but I had a roommate forever who was, right, I got to get married. I got to have the house. I got to have the picket fence. I need to have the 2.3 children or whatever the statistic is. I don't know how that works, by the way. How you got a point through the top. I got to have this job. It was always this drive for these external measurements of what success was. And I don't think in the time that I was friends with that individual, I ever really saw her happy. So I, that's how I interpret what Carolyn's <clears throat> comment is here. When you're constantly measuring yourself against some other measure of success or litmus test that it either isn't what you think it is or what it's, it either isn't what you think it's going to be, or it's not satisfying because it's not you. It's like putting on a shirt that's the wrong size. Well, I think um, that the prime example of that in, in a very simplistic way is just career and always going for the promotion and always, so it's mm. like you, you're the value of you at work is that you're in a certain position and you're making a certain amount of money and that the only way to move around is to grow, go up. You should never go backwards. You should never go down. And that the more you make, the more, I don't know, worth you have or something, I guess, physically or, or financially, maybe that's a true statement. <laughs> you make more, you're worth more. Yeah. Math. <laughs> I did do well in math. <laughs> but it, it's not really about success. That's not really how I define success. And there was a point in time I did, right? That the higher you got. And I always would sit and wonder, how does somebody stay in the same position? My father did that. He stayed in the same position his whole entire career. And he was happy. He didn't make a ton of money. My parents were not wealthy people. We were middle-class. My mom worked part-time for most of her life as we were growing up and then went full-time once we were on our own in school. But my dad never wanted to be in management. He never wanted to strive for that. And people probably would have said he was not successful. So you learn that, right? But I don't yeah. think that's a measure of success. I think about that now. And go, there are people who make a lot less money. And they just seem so happy. Yeah. 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 How do they do that? Yeah. 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 I don't know if you, if you saw that movie into the Heights, this is what made me think that too, into the Heights. There's a scene where they go into the older lady's house and they have a dinner party there and it's not a house. It's an apartment. It's very small. They have candles around and they're just having a blast. And there's probably 20 people just all squished in there. And I'm like, how are they doing that and still having fun? I feel like I need to have this big space to do that, but you don't. It just really matters the people that are around you and that they care for you and love you and want to spend time with you and you want to spend time with them. And that's, I think, what really matters. Yeah. 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 I I think about I had I when I I call it my years of austerity because I was trying to pay off student loan debt and credit card debt and all the debt you accumulate in your 20s and I lived in what I called the pod. It was a little garage apartment. <laughs> it was in, it was in a, this lady's backyard and she made the garage look like a miniature version of the big house. But I think there are some cruise ship cabins that are bigger than that place that I was living in. But I do when I think about my favorite place to have lived in, it was that pod. 
I had no cable. <laughs> I could only watch what television was. And this was before all the streaming services. So I could only watch what I happened to have on my VCR or I could get with rabbit ears and aluminum foil. And like, <laughs> but I loved that pot until the mice moved in, but I did love it. <laughs> and so I do think about, cause I constantly say to my husband, so the next place is smaller. I just, I don't need all this anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 If you watch the tiny house, you realize that you don't really need that. For sure. Although I yeah. still don't know how they fit all their clothes and those things. But anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. that's true. <laughs> what I like about this comment is when it says aiming for something external only ever work against my intuition. So meaning that you already knew. Yeah. That, yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that actually ties it in yeah. with all the other comments be before. So yeah. intuition is a maybe that's another whole podcast. Yeah, <laughs> right. Sure. Because our we'll have you again. something that we are, <laughs> we are not, most people are not inclined to listen to their intuition. Yeah. There's a lot of external forces. And actually, I don't know why I've been thinking about it a lot lately, but I very rarely remember authors and books that I've read. I could remember the, the concept of the book or what have you, the, the storyline, but there's always one book that sticks in my head. So this isn't not for this particular podcast, but for you guys in the future, it's called The Gift of Fear. And it's actually a book for women and girls by Gavin De Becker, And it's really about, it's about sexual assault actually, and whether women fight or don't fight and, and all those things that lead up to that situation. And most of it breaks down to whether they used, whether they trusted their gut or their intuition. And it's really a good, it's really a good book. And it makes you go, oh, you got to listen to your gut more, ladies. <laughs> we all have to listen to our gut. <laughs> yeah, we do. We will uh, think about another uh, podcast, another episode yeah, for this. For sure. Yeah. But thank you uh, for commenting on this. And thank you, everyone that commented on this question on social media. We'd love to hear about your experiences and life lessons as well. Respond to our compelling questions on social media, and you just might hear your insight pop up on a future podcast. In the meantime, we'd love to have you join in on the conversation at The Hive via the House of Apis website at www dot houseofapis.com but now we are on to our did you know segment where we attempt to share something that we might think be new or interesting to our community and listeners so for this episode's <laughs> did you know i we're going to be a bit goofy but it relates to our compelling question and i think about how fearless i was as a kid and as i grew up that fearlessness seemed to get stifled a bit because you learn things so <laughs> to unravel the fear that was deeply instilled in me by watching the movie jaws i i went out and i researched how likely it is to be killed in a shark attack so here's what I learned. Here's what I learned. So this is data from 2019. There were five fatal shark attacks, of which two were proven to be unprovoked. I don't know what the other three did. Did they go like, here's shark? I don't know. I don't know. What and provoked. this is worldwide in the U.S. or? Uh, that, sta that statistic was worldwide. But here's what I did <clears throat> learn was the animals that I'm more likely to be taken out by mosquitoes which i did know mosquitoes because of the disease they carry disease, in those yeah. if i lived in africa i had a higher likelihood of being taken out by a hippo 500 people annually are taken out by a hippo deers or deer deers <laughs> <It's whirling. laughs> deer <laughs> in vehicle collisions bees 
Mm-hmm. Dogs. So this one's a U.S. stat. 272 people were killed by dogs between 2008 and 2015. A little part of me wants to say, what'd you do? But anyways, uh, <laughs> jellyfish, cows. Jellyfish. Each year, around 20 people in the U.S. are killed by cows. Spiders. Eddie, what do you do? I know. What do you do? Spiders, 49 um, horses, 20 people, and snakes, 48 people. So like in mm-hmm. general, these numbers are pretty low. And then I learned on top of that, you are more likely to be killed by a vending machine, 13 people per year. Yeah, I don't know. What do you do? If they And not get stuck. Look at it, it fell on you. Um, bed, 450 people a year fall out of their bed, killing themselves in the Ooh. fall. Mm-hmm. And by and the how way, big is it bit? Is how it high is it? Maybe, maybe the how high is it? Like the princess, princess and the bee. Yeah. Oh. yeah, it could yeah. be older adults too. But falling coconuts, 150 mm-hmm. human deaths a year for falling coconuts. I heard just thinking about it. Home at the beach. <laughs> I did also learn that a few other things that have a higher likelihood to injure you than a shark attack are a lightning strike, which I had heard that, uh, room fresheners. <laughs> What? Okay. Yeah, you heard me right. Apparently, room fresheners injure more people than sharks. Uh, That's probably because they are connected to electricity. Those ones that you connect to the... Maybe, but in the article, which you all, we will post this article in the podcast notes. You can go and look. The picture is a woman with one of those little jars of diffusers with sticks coming out. I heard a story once. I think someone was lighting one and they had the oil that you put in it. They had it on their hand. And so when they went to light it, it like burned their hand too. Now that you said that, I think I read an article about something like that that happened. Who knew? I am all over my house. Danger. Yeah. Yeah. Danger. Just make yeah. sure it's not on on your skin when you're light if you're lighting one of those. And then buckets and pails. So eleven thousand Americans a year injured by buckets and pails. Wow. I guess this is okay. telling me I should dive back into the water, but I think at this juncture I'm now just afraid of cows, vending machines, falling coconuts, and room fresheners. <laughs> but anyways, that is this week's Did You Know? Hopefully this might have helped a few other individuals traumatized by Jaws as well. We will post these articles out in our podcast notes if you're curious, but thought we'd lighten it up with a little bit of humor. It's also frightening in and of itself. I am still afraid to go in the water though, by the way. So anyways, <laughs> Actually, this is well, making me very curious. Some of those are very, very weird. <laughs> All right, ladies. So let's turn back to our conversation about the things we wish we knew when we were younger. We found a blog by Annie Zilm called Seven Things I Wish I Knew When I Was Younger. And there are some insightful items on this list. She actually has eight, so she gives you a bonus. So let me read through them, and then I'll be curious to hear from the three of you of your reactions and what resonated with you personally. So the first one is, if all you seek is approval, you'll find a life you don't recognize. Every yes means saying no to something else. Confidence is acquired, not inherited. If you don't know your worth, you'll always be underpaid, to the point before. Belief isn't real if you never question it. A good dog will make you infinitely happier than a big house. You'll never regret investing in experiences. And the last one, the bonus one is real love is choice. What do you guys think about this? 
feel like a lot of them tied into what we've been talking, we've been talking about, about, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The yeah. one that I think about that I most related to confidence is acquired, not inherited. So it's mm -hmm. really about having that self-confidence. You have to build that up in yourself and that does, but it's, it goes back to that thing that it doesn't matter what other people think and, right. and that whole conversation that we had before. So very, yeah, very relatable. Yeah. It's they're I all, like they're all number very relatable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Number two, the every yes means saying no to something else. This is a, not as pithy as she wrote it, but this is something I've actually given as advice to people that I've mentored who struggle making decisions. Because I'm like, you've made decisions your whole life. And every decision you made was a no to something else that was an option in that decision making. And it doesn't mean you can't go back to it at some point in time. In some cases, yes, it means you can't go back to it. But in other times, it's you choose this today, but tomorrow, perhaps you go and choose that tomorrow. And so I feel like it's less daunting. I don't know. That's it makes it so if you know that, then it makes it easier potentially to make a decision because you yeah. know that saying yes to something means you're saying no to something else. And You'd have to be okay with that, right? Yeah. It also is the opposite. It's always, it's always sometimes good to say no. Yeah. The no is just as important as the yes. I've had to learn that because I've, I've said yes to things that I didn't want to say yes to for whatever reason. We always have all these different reasons, but I've had to learn that sometimes it's okay to say no. Well, that's what I was going to say, but your no is a yes, yes to something to else. That's right. Yes, yeah. you're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the number seven one is actually, it didn't feel like as much on the vein of this, but you'll never regret investing experiences in some ways, you know, it's the, I don't think we can learn this when we're young. I don't even think my young self would care much about this one, <laughs> to learn this one. But I, as I've gotten older, it's really been more about the experiences than the things I'd rather do something see something, experience something, then have something, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, because it's going to end up somewhere else other than your life at some point. Yeah, right? For me, no, the first one is the one that resonated with me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. If all you seek is approval, you'll find a life you don't recognize. So basically, and it has to do with what you are expected to do. Yep. And then you're expected to be a good girl. And then you're doing what people, society, or others are expecting of you. Mm -hmm. And then you will be like, okay, is this my life? Is this something that I wanted to do? Or was I push a little bit this way? Push in a, you know, metaphorical sense. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, that is the one that resonates the most with me. I, I think five is a really important one, which is the one that mm. says belief isn't real if you've never questioned it. And I really wish society as a whole would build this as a muscle. I just personally like to play devil's advocate, even with myself. So to me, it's a curiosity thing. It's also why in my 20s, I walked away from the religion I was brought up with. So I think oftentimes people go to religion when you're talking about belief, but mm -hmm. it doesn't have, right? It could be political beliefs, philosophical beliefs, uh, relational beliefs, mm -hmm. anything you feel pretty strongly about. But it's, and I don't take this as question everything, that mm -hmm. there's nothing true out there, especially if people are pushing on that belief. Just mm -hmm. step on the other side or a couple other sides for a little while. And then you might I think go, questioning can also strengthen your belief. Take the time to question. Then you understand then that your belief is true to you then, yeah. right? 
where most of our beliefs come from as we grow up, other people imposing those beliefs on us because we've learned the belief, but it's not a belief because you don't, it's not what you believe. It's what you've been told to believe or, and it's not through any kind of, it's just nature. It's just how things happen. But when you question it, you've actually become stronger in your belief or you go in a different direction, right? Yeah. (laughs) It could go either way, but it could actually make your belief much stronger. Yeah. By questioning. It's not a bad thing, right? Yeah. Either way. Or it's one. how you find out the truth about Santa Claus. Ah! <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, Mila, do you want to take us into our one of our favorite parts of the podcast? Sure. It's time for us to share a bit of the good that's happening out there in the world, which means it's time for it doesn't all suck. I think that Katie was feeling bad because uh, she gave bees a bad reputation in the Did You Know segment because uh, she said that they kill more uh, people than than sharks, which is true. But since the House of Apis is taking inspiration from our bossing friends, I feel like that needs to be fixed. So for these episodes, it doesn't all suck. We share the story of Lacey and Betty. So Lacey is a 13-year-old who, while walking her dog, noticed a large bumblebee lying in the road. And when she scooped up the bee, she noticed it had a damaged wing. Lacey tried to place the bumblebee in a safer spot near some flowers, but no matter what she did, the bumblebee kept buzzing back over to Lacey and crawling all over her. Lacey finally gave up and headed home with her new friend. That is very sweet. She's <laughs> fostering a bumblebee. <laughs> yeah, my kind of kid. <laughs> exactly. It seems that no matter what Lacey does to return the bee to nature, it keeps coming back to her. Betty sleeps in an open yard next to Lacey's bed, and when she awakens, Betty jumps back on her and hangs out with her throughout the day. Lacey's mom says it's completely lovely and also bonkers. She's on her 90% of the time during the day, including her face, her glasses, and even in between her toes. It's so beautiful, it's just gorgeous. And apparently Betty only has eyes for Lacey because she steers clear of the rest of the family, mom, dad, and her two siblings. I love this this story. It's very sweet. What do you think about that, uh, Katie? It was making me think of the bumblebee song that I sang as a kid about picking up the baby bumblebee. <laughs> Although that song doesn't end well for the bee. So yeah, we'll just stop gonna... it. We'll stop it before the last verse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that would be a, I wish I didn't know yes, <laughs> for the true. kids. That's true. That's true. <laughs> true. Okay. Don't lazy. <laughs> Yeah, the world needs more bumblebees too. Save the bees, people. <laughs> so we need to. Cute story. Awesome. Very- That's it for this episode of House of Apis podcast. Uh, thank you so much to Amy and Sonia for joining us and sharing their woulda, coulda, shouldas. And we're so grateful for you being a part of the show. We hope you'll come back in the future. We've already mentioned a couple of times we're going to pull you back. So you're uh, yeah. part of the family. <laughs> Any last words of wisdom for our, our listeners before uh, we wrap up? <laughs> Go ahead, Sonia. Oh, <laughs> I'm shaking my head. No, no. All right, I have something if you want me to go. Actually, this whole woulda, coulda, shoulda thing actually reminds me of something I learned. Somebody said, don't should all over yourself. <laughs> I love it. I'm a, I'm a big believer of not regretting. I, there's certainly obviously things that we've talked about today about what we wish we would have told ourselves or knew when we were kids, but 
I think there's also a lot to be said for learning those things as we grow. We can't turn back time. Sometimes I wish we could, <laughs> but we can't. So we just have to move forward and, and learn going ahead. But this has been a great discussion. I really have enjoyed this time. It's been great talking to you guys and catching back up. So thanks for having us. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think this you. was a really great experience and just a good conversation. I think I learned some things through it, especially about what mm-hmm. I might die Bye. Um, <laughs> machine or a bumblebee. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun and I, I look forward to hopefully doing another one sometime. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. As our listeners know, we always end the show with an ask for uh, this episode's ask. We would like you to consider the episode's core question of if I only knew blank when I was younger. And think about how not knowing shaped you into the person you are today. So the would you change it? And we'd love to hear from you on this topic. So come join us at The Hive to get in on the conversation or jump in on social media. uh, And you can get to either of those through our website at www.houseofapis.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media, as Katie uh, mentioned already. You can find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We'd love to see your comments out there. It was great to uh, talk to you ladies, and it was great getting to know you a little bit more directly and not only from, from Katie. So I would say that this is for today. So until next time. Good morning from Seattle. And good evening from Amsterdam. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>